Welcome back to This Week in Film. It's the weekly podcast where we get together and talk about the movies we've seen over the past seven days. I'm Nick Panunto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, how is it going? It's going great, Nick. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Perfect. Just fine, in fact. Uh, I've seen three movies this week. Wow. And uh, how many did you see? I have seen two movies this week. All right. So the show won't be an hour and a half long this week. Um, and one of the movies that I saw, I'm going to spend about eight seconds on. Well, so. none of my movies have preview corners. Sorry, big ticket. One of my, one of my movies does. Oh, neato. Um, but I won't have a whole lot to say because you covered most of them last week. Um, so, but the movies that, that I saw this week. It, it does. Uh, so this week I saw Solo, a Star Wars story. What? Why? You <laughs> yeah. <t> no. <laughs> yeah, I watched it again. Oh, um, God. I watched, I watched another movie called Tank 432, or its original title, Belly of the Bulldog, which... Huh. I'll explain during the movie is a much better title than Tank 432. It's a much um, more interesting sounding title. Yeah. And uh, and I also saw Captain Marvel, finally. Cool. I look well, forward to talk revisiting about, that with you. So um, so we'll, we'll be spoiling the hell out of Captain Marvel, so if you haven't seen it, you know, I guess... Don't listen to it. We'll, we'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I saw uh, a Netflix documentary called Abducted in Plain Sight. And I saw... It's also about the fire Festival? No, it's not. Not this one. Um, but I also saw what I think was last year's uh, Academy Award winner for Best Picture, The Shape Moon of Water. Night? So it was oh, two years ago? Was, I think that was two years ago, yeah. Okay, okay. So I, I saw two years ago's <laughs> Academy Award winning Best Picture, The Shape of Water. You know what? That's very interesting that, that you watch that. Uh, or I guess it's more of a coincidence that you watch that because um, I've been going through all of our uh, episodes on the website for This Week in Film, thisweekinfilm.com, uh -huh. and um, I've been updating them um, with our new look and blah blah blah. Anyway, so this week, so I, this is a two-part hilarious story. I can't uh, so wait. So this week, while I was uh, coming, like I was going week by week with our episodes, and uh, I came across the episode where we did An Annihilation and the Little Mermaid, uh, and it was at the exact same time that my daughters were watching the Little Mermaid. Ha 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 ha. And then, <laughs> then uh, I think the week after that, or or maybe like two weeks after that, uh -huh. I got to the episode where I talked about the shape of water, and that was the last thing that I did last night when I was working on the website. Was oh. uh, I I was like listening to the episode where we did the shape of water because in that episode we talk about forty different movies, including like um, you talk about the ABCs of death, some other horror movie called Holidays. Uh, I talked about Atomic Blonde. Like, we talked about so many movies that week. So it's pretty weird that you would have seen The Shape of Water just after I worked on that. It's a little 
step into my world. Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot That's... about that holidays movie. You did not care for it. Yeah. It wasn't good. Uh, <laughs> and hopefully so... that throat clearing only got picked up on the microphone that you're listening to. <laughs> that weird fart sound that I heard. <laughs> Is that what that sounded like? That's me clearing my throat. Listeners, I'm sorry. I have a bit of laryngitis, so uh, I'll, I'll try to make it as little as little disturbing as possible. But if it's, I forget to move away from the microphone when I clear my throat at some point, uh, sorry for the uh, jump scare. It sounded like you're sitting on a solid wood chair. <laughs> Maybe you actually, you might actually hear my chair sometimes because I am on a rolling desk chair on a hardwood floor. Oh, maybe that's what it was. And it is, Either way. it is kind of creaky. Quite funny. I'm crying a little bit. Uh, so back to movies. Oh yeah, the the podcast, uh, the podcast. Yeah, this week in farts. Uh, the um, so I'll start with Solo. A Star Wars story. Um, so my wife and I had just finished watching the movie Tank 432, and uh, our twins hadn't woken up yet. Uh-huh. So we were like, uh, I guess we can try and watch something else. So we're just like scrolling through Netflix. Yeah. And Netflix does that obnoxious thing while you're trying to read the description of a movie. It just and starts playing. The, and it just starts playing. And we got tricked into watching Solo. <laughs> Wait, what? I was like, the, the implication yeah. here is that it started playing solo, and you found it so uh-huh. compelling that you just kept watching. No, well, here's here's what happened: is that yeah, yeah, I was yeah. trying to read the description of it, and the movie started playing, and and my wife Jill, she says, "Oh, you know, I still haven't seen this," and I'm like, "Oh man, it's really bad." And so then, like, it starts playing, and it does like. I don't even remember how it starts, but it starts so bad. And I say to her, it gets, it gets worse. Like it does like a title screen of like solo, a star Wars story. And then long time ago and far, far away. I can't really remember. Uh, Anyway, it, uh, and I'm like, it gets much worse. And, uh, it does. It's such a boring movie. It's so boring and so utterly forgettable. Oh yeah. And it um, thinks it's fun. It does think it's fun. It thinks it's the funnest thing. Yep. It um I will say this, like this is my second time watching it. I, I I've only seen it the one time in theaters and then and then this time. Um I don't hate it as much as I was as I did the first time I saw it. Really? But it's so it's so bland. It's so bland and so boring and I will say that the guy who plays Han Solo, what's his name? Uh, Alden Ehrenrich. Um, uh, he he does grow on you um, as far as being like a, a Han Solo character. Like I kind of like him as the Han Solo guy and I feel like he did a good job with the the material he was given. But once he got his, man, his acting coaching. I guess. And um, like. Because they had to have someone like help him learn how to act. Yeah, he's okay. But like the shoehorning of everything that is Han Solo in it is just so infuriating. (laughs) 
Like the uh, the the everything with Chewbacca is disgusting. Like the fact that he speaks Wookie for no reason at all. You know, like all this, all this stuff is just so ham fisted and obnoxious. It's just so and so. I know I've said it a hundred times, but it's just so boring. It's a movie like at, like you want to punch in the face. <laughs> like at one point my wife is, is watching and she goes, I know I'm supposed to care about what's going on right now because this is exciting and there's lots of visual effects and like the, the millennium Falcons getting sucked into like a black hole or something. And she's, and she says, I, I know I'm supposed to care about what's happening right now, but I just don't. Oh, I'm going like, to be saying is, that about a movie today too. This is just so boring mm-hmm. and and i'm like you're right it you're right it absolutely is it's just so boring and you know they're you know all of these characters are gonna live like you know nothing bad's gonna happen to han solo and chewbacca so like pretending that they're so like making it seem like they're gonna die or like they might not make it or that chewy like at one point chewy goes to help these other terrible looking wookies um while they're on like the robot planet yeah. or whatever when, when they go to steal the MacGuffin and um like Chewie leaves and you're and they're like he left he's not coming back and you're like well of course he comes back he's in all the other Star Wars movies don't waste my damn time with wondering if Chewbacca is going to come back <laughs> you know it's just like a bunch of that and then my wife made another excellent point about Han Solo and she says Han Solo seems like the kind of guy who doesn't care about anything like like and that's that's what makes him a compelling character in like the original trilogy is that like as the movies go on he does start to care about the people he's with and and things like that like he he develops like a conscience and like wants to help the rebellion and in this movie he just like cares about everything like like the scene where where Woody Harrelson gives him the gun his blaster and you're and I look at my wife and I'm like, "Did you are you excited? You finally got to see the backstory behind Han Solo's blaster." And my wife goes, "Han Solo seems like the kind of guy who goes through a blaster a week. Right? Like he's he's not he doesn't have like physical attachments or emotional attachments to physical objects." And I'm like, "You're absolutely right. Yeah, you're absolutely right." And uh, that's like a lot of what this movie gets wrong. And uh, yeah, I never we, we go into thought. it a lot deeper on our previous solo episodes, so you can go back and listen to those. But um, that's really all I got to say about it. Speaking of the blaster thing, I was just saying I, ne- I never thought that that was a key feature of his. You know, like Chewbacca's yeah. crossbow gun seems kind of unique to him, but. Han Solo's blaster just looked like any old laser revolver that you could pick up. Yeah, anywhere. it's just like a, it's like a gun that he just. He, there's probably a thousand, a million of those guns lying around the Empire that he just picks up while right. he's like running around. Yeah, and he never does anything with it to show that like, oh yeah, it's it doesn't name it or anything like that. Um, yeah. But you know, you said that you didn't hate it as much as you did the first time. I feel like if you go back and actually hear your original review, you 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 I think you said almost exactly the same stuff you did this time. I oh, you, really you, yeah. I I hated it. I hated it, but I'm pretty sure that when you reviewed it, you were like, eh, "It was all right. It wasn't anything special. There was a lot of crap crammed into it, and I didn't really like that." 
Yeah. Um, I, as I was saying earlier, I was going through our old episodes. I found the episode where we are talking about the last Jedi mm-hmm. and I was you much, hated that. I was much, no, that movie. I'm like, it's okay. I didn't really like it, but I got a lot of problems with it. And like, as time has gone on, I've, I've decided that I hate it. Uh. <laughs> like, <laughs> like in the post Star Wars afterglow, I was much kinder to it than it deserved. Wow. But you were you were quite positive on it for the most part. Yeah, and I've I've uh I've soured on the bad parts more. Mm-hmm. Um like at this point I still I stand by most of the things that I said in terms of what I enjoyed about it I still enjoy. And the ideas behind some of the other things like having a plot line that actually doesn't pay off where like they go to another planet, but their mission fails. I like the idea mm-hmm. of a mission failing, but that that the way it's done. Oh God. It's so pointless and bad. Yeah. And like the whole like, Hey, yeah, we're here to find this guy with the rose on his chest. Cause he's the only guy that could do what we're looking for. Oh, here's another guy that can do that. And we'll just hang out with him. Like that's, yeah. that's, this is bad writing. So it's a, it's like, it's kind of like solo. Whoever was putting Solo together snuck some pieces into that other movie. I um so I was looking at at the writer of this movie. Lawrence Kasdan is like one of the writers. Lawrence and Jonathan Kasdan, who I'm unfamiliar with Jonathan Kasdan, but Lawrence Kasdan's the guy who wrote I think he wrote he definitely wrote Empire. Um and then I think he wrote like Force Awakens. But he's like a great a great screenwriter. He wrote and like solo. He made this, yeah. Huh. But I don't know how much they changed it. You know, like yeah, there were a lot of hands. Solo involved. was originally supposed to be directed by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, right. and then they got pulled for Ron Howard. And I still wish we could see that movie because I bet, I bet that movie is good. Well, and anything Ron Howard touches just gets boring. It's just except it, for Apollo thirteen. It's probably boring too. It's not. It's exciting. <laughs> the only thing I remember from that movie, and I and it might have been the highlight of it for me, was when they, when they um, uh, were like, "Hey, assemble some stuff using like they made people MacGyver something." Like here, you got uh-huh. some duct tape and a and a lunchbox and a plastic circle. S- save yeah. the day. And then they're like, "We got to make this square box fit in this circle tube." Right. And then they're like, "Here, we made it." And I'm like, "You know what? I want that to be its own ten minutes of the movie. I want to see what they actually put together there." And that's uh-huh. all I remember about Apollo 13. That's just one of the thrilling sequences in Apollo 13. <laughs> okay. A much better movie than Solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing where that falls on your list. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I let it play, too, is so that I could rank it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right, so you saw a movie. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out which one I should do here. Abducted in Plain Sight or Shape of Water? Let's do a... Go with a, go with Abducted in yeah. Plain Sight, and we'll save Shape of Water for the... Yeah, we'll do that for one later. second. Um, so Abducted in Plain Sight is Netflix documentary about um about a girl being abducted and um 
it's it kind of starts out with uh, this family meeting another family. So the the Broberg family meets the um, the Birchtold family. And this is a, a this is a true story. I'm guessing because it's a documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um. And uh, the, these people are they just kind of link up. The the two families have a lot in common. And as they start like hanging out and becoming friends and whatnot, the guy in the Birchtold family, his name's Bob, seems to really take a liking to the. I think she was the oldest daughter or maybe the middle daughter. Her, her name's uh, Jan and he pays a lot of special attention to her. And, and this documentary, uh, it, you, you hear things along the way and, and it's a little hard to see it all objectively and really put yourself in the shoes of the people because you already know that the documentary is called abducted in plain sight. <laughs> So, you know, uh-huh. she's going to get abducted, but the people are even saying like, yeah, he, he really paid a lot of attention to her. Like maybe. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you said it. How old is the, is the girl? Oh no. You know what? I don't think I did say that. Uh, I believe she was 10 when okay. this like came to, came to a, a head at the beginning. Oh God. I don't want to say at the beginning. I think there were about two years that they were friends before things got real funky. Um, okay. But they're saying, like, even the mom, who probably looks the most gullible in this whole thing, uh, says, like, oh, yeah, it was a little weird how much attention he was paying to her. Um, And so, you know, like, eventually he abducts her. Mm -hmm. And it gets worse and worse from there. Like, and not necessarily, I mean, some terrible things happen to this girl, but, like, it doesn't get... Worse and worse in terms of like more and more violent or anything like that. There's definitely sex stuff that goes on, um, but it gets worse and worse in terms of you're just watching this family make the stupidest decisions. Like, uh, are you you so you're saying you're watching the family like how are you how are you seeing them like through news reports through or? interviews. So this okay. is all like this family talking. Um, you know, I I think there's narration, but a lot of it's just uh, a lot of it's them talking now. So, I mean, there are some things that could be spoilers if if you were to go in not knowing anything at all. Obviously, a whole movie spoilers, but you you find out in the first minute that the girl's still alive. She's a grown woman now. Um, okay, and so she does a lot of the talking. Um, and it, it just, you're watching this guy manipulate this family in some of the weirdest ways. And I'll, I'll let you watch that to find out what those are, but this family just keeps making the stupidest decisions. And it it's, I don't mean to like victim blame. And for about half of the movie, I was managing to go like, okay, okay, this guy's really good at manipulating. Try to keep that in mind. But some of the decisions are just so, so extremely bad that I I just, I couldn't help but be mad. Um, I mean, this family, they all seem to be, uh, at least publicly, they're, they're happy with each other at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. But, 
watching it, it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're thinking about this 10 year old going through this and, and, and it goes on for a few years that there's this stuff happening and the family's doing things like, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil a lot, but I do want to make it pretty clear. Um, like sending her on a plane to go spend a couple weeks with the guy who had previously kidnapped her. What? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so wait, so she, she got kidnapped and then they rescued her and then they sent her off with him again. Yes. What? Yes. This is just, it's, it's so messed up. And I haven't told you some of the other things this guy did within this family. And I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to recommend you watch this. And it's not necessarily the most, it's not the best documentary I've ever seen, but it is definitely something to see, to go through the experience of seeing what these people all did from the guy who's doing the abducting to what was going on with this young girl and how like convinced she was of things. And I'll just go ahead and throw something in there. There's a good portion of the, of her life where she thought she was abducted by aliens. So um, (laughs) there's that too. And then like the just the mom and the dad both making some of the wildest decisions and and it is pretty clear that the guy you know playing these people kind of found the perfect family for this you know it's it's like he he went all right let me find a family who is dysfunctional in a certain way is extremely naive and would make these sorts of decisions um and, and then he does and, and it's, and then throughout the movie, you find out like other things he's done too. And just how much this guy's gotten away with through so much of his life. And it's mm-hmm. just a, it's a baffling hour and a half. And you know, one thing that this movie did that it did, it really didn't need to do. I don't think is it has, um, reenactment scenes. And it's <laughs> like rescue nine one one. It's not quite as bad as all that because it's just it's just imagery underneath the narration. Um, uh-huh. But it it yeah it is kind of like that. And nobody looks like what they actually look like when you're also seeing pictures. Like there was actually for the first minute there was uh or maybe the first few minutes there's there was the first time that they did one of those scenes that I was like oh is it. I thought this guy looked different I, because I thought it was home video footage. And then I realized they were showing a bunch of other stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure there wasn't a home video camera there while the girl was being molested. So I'm going to assume this is a reenactment. Um, when um when was this taking place? Um, I want to say like 75 to 79, oh, okay. right. something like that. I I know that at least some of the events took place in 1977. So, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you're also, you're also getting to see, um, a bit of the investigators and the position that they're in 
with these people. Like, have you ever seen the movie The Informant with Matt Damon? Um, is that the one where he's fat? Yeah. No, I didn't see that one. Oh, okay. Well, the the people investigating in that movie are in a very weird position because of the ways that he's behaving. And they're like, oh, God, we're trying to help. What the hell is going on here? And this is like that to a much more important, you know, with much more important stuff and in real life. And just to an infuriating degree where like this FBI agent saying like, you know, we're trying to tell these people what they need to do to stay safe. And they just won't listen. And so anyway, um, I guess there's not much more for me to say. It's just, it's so fucked up. There are so many turns that you can't really see coming because you just wouldn't expect them to, um, to, to be real things that people would do. But I think it's worth watching for, for that. Um, and I think that's really all I have to say about it right now, unless you have any questions. Um, I, I would recommend it if you're into, you know, documentaries or crime stories, um, or if you just like kind of having your expectations exceeded. Okay. It just sounds more infuriating than anything. Definitely infuriating. Definitely. Um, and probably more so if you're a parent. Yeah, that's one of the things. So we had an we had an incident at our house recently where some guy came into our house while I was Ugh. in um so I was like changing my daughter into her pajamas. My wife was in the um so like I'm in her bedroom and my wife is uh doing the dishes and all of a sudden in the hallway of my house I hear what the hell was that noise? <laughs> Matt's been attacked by an elephant. Sorry. The great Chicago elephants. You were saying you heard a noise. Yeah, I heard a man's voice. Doing the reenactment of the event as you're telling the story. I heard a man's voice in the hallway of my house, and I was like, what the hell? Yeah. So, like. I hear him say something and then I hear my wife say something else. And like, I run out into the hallway Yeah, and I'm like ready to like tackle this guy. And then I realize that it's just an old man who thinks like our neighbor runs a daycare Yeah, and he got the houses confused. Okay. But like, but like in an instant, like you didn't realize how vulnerable you were until like that moment. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like the fact that somebody could walk into your house. Somebody just walked, like could have walked in or just grabbed one of the kids and ran. Yeah. And we would notice. Like, I know we got a lot of kids, but we would notice if one was missing. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, and so like, you're just like, like the violation that you feel, even though it was like a, a, a harmless accident. Yeah. But like, and then you start thinking like this guy clearly hasn't been to the house before. Like, like, like the lady runs a daycare out of her house and like people are coming and going all day long. Yeah. Um, which, which is fine. But like, I guess it was like his first or second time doing it, but like he just walked in, like you didn't like knock on the door of an unfamiliar place. You just walk in. That's a little strange. Like, like, I mean, if, if things have like, weren't 
if things didn't go that smoothly, he could have been seriously hurt. Right. You know? Yeah. So it's like if you had just walked upstairs and seen a dude standing there without yeah. any sort of kind of cue beforehand. Yeah. Um. So I mean, so I've, that was I've, a I've terrifying I've moment. Purposely in my life. spooked Nick before. And uh, <laughs> I recall one instance very clearly where <laughs> I think I was in the hallway and as he walked by, I stepped out and went like, boo, and he punched forward <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't actually reach me, but he held his fist out for a good two solid seconds. And if I were an elderly man who were a few inches closer could have been really dangerous. Yeah, I'd have taken you down, old man, Matt. <laughs> Do you remember that? No. No, okay. Was it at my was it in my apartment? I feel like it was in my apartment. I think it was, yeah. Yeah. Um it was probably the same time that I took the picture of you that that is posted on the This Week in Film website of you making a silly face. Oh, did you put uh did you put those cartoon pictures on Instagram? No, I didn't. I should do that. That's a good point. Although your picture is not accurate of me anymore. I've started shaving my head. Oh, okay. So listeners at home, I have, I've got a shaved head now. Hooray. So when you see a cartoon the picture of us, just ignore his. I've head. assumed my final form. <laughs> the, metaphor, the metamorphosis is complete. Yeah. I've finally given up <laughs> completely. Um. So... Yeah, uh, abduction stuff is is terrifying and and exploitive. So watching this movie is not on my high list of things that I want to do. Oh man! But I, uh, I definitely think I'll check it out. Yeah, it's, is it long or is it quick? No, it's 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 pretty quick. I mean, it's uh, it's not super intricate. So it's such that you could probably like, you know, if you had mail to go through or something like that, some sort of task you needed to to take care of that would be a little tedious uh-huh. this would probably be a good movie for that um and it's only an hour and a half long so yeah i think i think it's it's worth checking out i think you'd uh enjoy it isn't the right word but i think you'd be glad you saw it and i definitely i as i was watching it i was like man i wish nick was here because i i would we would co-rage at these people and you do kind of want someone there with you because you're like are you seeing this like what the fuck? Do people get their comeuppances? Um, or do you not want to say? I I think there's a degree of subjectivity there about like when it comes to the family because they all seem sort of like yeah this like 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 they feel bad about things that have happened but it's a pretty mixed bag. Um, and then as far as the guy who is perpetrating everything. Even the answer to that's a little bit of a mixed bag. So yeah, I'd, I'd say check it out, and you can you can tell me what you think. We could debate it. All right, all right. Abduction in plain sight. Abducted I'll, in plain sight. Uh, oh okay. Uh, all right. So then that brings me to my next movie. Uh, it's a little a little film called Tank Four Three Two. Yeah. Or or its original title, Belly of the Bulldog, which. Which is a more appropriate title because there's no tank in this movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So yeah. Um, so this this is a so is little, there a, a little bulldog? backstory. 
No. Well, uh, there's like a British armored personnel carrier that they spend most of the movie inside. Oh. And um, I guess those, and at some point they refer to them as, uh, like one of the guys says, these bulldogs were made to withstand anything. Gotcha. And and so like belly of the bulldog. Makes sense. Which yeah. makes sense because, because they're, they're inside an armored personnel carrier, not a tank. And, and so, um, so like a little backstory is uh, the other night, before my wife and I started watching Solo, we, we wanted to watch a movie, but I didn't want to have to think about anything. Yeah. I was like, let's just watch something stupid. It's just, you know, let's just put something on that's dumb. So my wife went to some website. I think it's called Netflix Roulette. And uh, like she hit the button a few times and she came across this movie and she looked it up on IMDb and it has a score of 3.4. Ooh. And, and I was like, sold. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> So we uh, we put it on, and it's an uh, it's described as an action horror mystery movie, and it is a movie that thinks it is way smarter than it actually is. Uh, it's not very good. It's it's kind of well acted. Like there are moments that are well acted, but then uh, a lot of moments where it is not. So it basically starts out, and I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil this because I don't want you to watch it. And uh, or I don't think I don't think you should watch it, but it starts out with uh, uh, like this mercenary guy, uh, like holding a gun and he's hiding from something. And then like another another soldier comes up behind him and she's like, do you see him? And he's like, no, I don't see him. So they start running and then they meet up with the rest of their squad and you don't get any backstory on any of these people. You don't get any. Um, information about where they are and then slowly over the course of the movie you realize they don't remember anything like their first memories are their first memories are them coming out of a tunnel uh, to like the location that they are in and 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 you're like oh okay so this is a movie i'm gonna have to use my brain too so like immediately i was annoyed because now i have to think <laughs> about this mystery movie this isn't going as planned and, right and so like you're trying to solve while you're watching this movie you're trying to solve this mystery of who are these guys what are these monsters that are like chasing them and uh like are they actually seeing monsters are they all hallucinating um, and are, are they under attack? Is this like post-apocalyptic England? And these are like the last soldiers on earth. Is there some battle going on that, that we don't know about? And, and you don't get any backstory. You don't get any backstory at all. And, and it, it kind of makes sense at the end when you realize, oh, they've had like their spoiler alerts, they've had their memories wiped and it's all part of an elaborate experiment. And, and it doesn't make any sense. It's not very good. It's it's pretty bad. There's a there's a lot of swearing in the movie, and like the swearing is in is used in uh in in exchange for acting. Uh-huh. Like I'm I'm angry I'm angry right now, so I'm gonna say the f word a lot, or or I'm gonna swear a lot because that shows how upset I am. And, uh, it's really bad. Like there's this one, there's this one character who's like the medic and she keeps giving people injections. Like she keeps giving them like this sedative and stuff. And then like, as the movie goes on, you're like, what the hell is she injecting them with? And why does she have 4 million needles on her? 
And uh, like as the the movie goes on, like there's this one guy who's taking notes, and what he's doing is like documenting everything. And uh, there's there's like this one character who are like these two prisoners that they have, and they don't know why they have prisoners, but they can't let them go. And it's really it's really convoluted. It uh, I read one of the reviews on IMDb, and uh, maybe I can pull it up and give the guy credit. Um, let's see, let's see if I can find it. Cause it's a, it's a great quote. Um, damn it. I can't find it. Um, I'll try and find it. Um, but like the quote is the movie confuses, um, uh, obscurity with, with, uh, complication or something like that. Like, damn it, it, instead of having a complex script or a bunch of ideas, it just steals away information and goes, Hey, since you don't have that information, this will seem intelligent. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it, like, because it seems complicated, it's, it seems smart kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, I'm never going to be like, you could basically take any, it. any story, take out half the details and then have people having to work their minds and then thinking it's smart. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, they have to it, do work. Yeah. Just because it seems complicated doesn't mean it's actually smart. Exactly. And, um, so then there's, there's, they're stuck inside this armored personnel carrier for like the, the way time progresses in the movie is very confusing. Like you don't know how many days or, or nights they've been inside this tank, but they all run out of water pretty quick, but that's not a problem. Um, there's this, there's this one scene where one of the characters has to poop and he's like, I got to take a shit. And they're like, they can't get out of the tank because if they get out of the tank, the monsters that are, that are near the tank will get them. So they break the door. Um, they break the door lock. Like they lock the door by breaking the handle. Uh Doesn't make, doesn't make any sense. Um, and so then like the one guy climbs to the front of the tank or the, uh, armored personnel carrier and then like tries to fix it. And then he's like, well, I got to poop. So I guess I'll poop. And then they show him pooping. Ew. Like you literally, you literally see shit fall. No, thanks. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's, I didn't need that. Like, I didn't need that at all. Like, that doesn't help the story in any way. And then two seconds later, he looks outside the window of the tank, like, because he hears a noise. And one of the monsters is there. And and he falls and, like, gets shit all over him. And you're like, you're like, this is unnecessary. This doesn't add anything to the story. It's not funny. It's not fun. It's not scary. It's just disgusting. And then he like crawls back to where everyone else is at. And, and there, and no one seems concerned. Why are you covered in poop? You know, like, yeah. like it's, it's really, really poorly done. Um, like there are a couple interesting moments in it. Like the, the beginning of the movie, like the first 15 minutes, I was totally into it. I was like, this is cool. Like, cause you think you've got an interesting mystery and you don't like, like you think it's, everything's going to build to some greater story or like, you know, like the, the, the story development's going to lead to something more interesting and you'll figure out why all this stuff is happening. And so like, I got really invested in it and then you realize, oh, they got no clue there. There's, they got no idea what's going to happen. It does. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty disappointing because the first 15 minutes 
you're like, oh, this isn't so bad. Like this is this is kind of fun. I want to know what's going on. And and basically it's just some government experiment where there there's like this orange powder that they've ingested and that makes them crazy. And like that's the experiment. Although there is one fun sequence when a guy gets run over by the the treads of the the APC. Uh that was kind of neat. I was like, that's funny. I enjoyed that because that's the part of a long <laughs> sequence where this guy is like yelling inside the tank because they left him to die. It's uh it's it's pretty crazy. Like, I mean, there's this one sequence where where they're they're under attack or they're being approached by the monsters. And the monsters off in the distance just look like men wearing World War One gas masks. Uh-huh. But like they're like like every time you see them, they cut back real quick to the character and they start rubbing their eyes because I guess they're not sure if they see them or not. Uh-huh. And then like they're gone and then they're back. So then they start shooting their weapons, but they can't hit anything. And then they start running and they leave this one guy behind who who's like wounded. Like when we first meet him, he's wounded right away. And uh, and they like have to drag him along. And then finally they're, they they leave him behind in this car and and they're like they're, they don't no one has a problem with leaving him behind because he's sleeping because he's all shot up with morphine and then and then two seconds later they run away and this one this one character freaks out and runs the other direction and another character who's like the hard grizzled mercenary is like we got to go back for him we can't leave anyone behind and i'm like you just left that other guy behind to die <laughs> and, and he was just sleeping he didn't count you're gonna you're gonna try to rescue the guy who runs away so i mean the movie's all over the place tonally like like there's this one character who just keeps throwing up but like you never really understand why like he throws up more than donovan McNabb, and you're like oh man that's a fun sports gym. donovan McNabb and uh, up a lot uh, and a lot of the big moments, McNabb was known to throw up, oh. but I don't, I don't blame him. He's a Philly sports hero. I love McNabb, and um, he, uh, so like, like this character throws up a couple times, but you never learn why. And then he like starts chugging water, and they're like, "You can't have any more water. We don't have a lot of it." And he's like, "Okay, no more water then, I guess." And then they're just in this tank for forever until everyone but the driver dies. And it's bad. It's really bad. Check it out. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got like an hour and 25 minutes to kill. Watch and something you better. See what I'm talking about. Like put it on, but like feel free to fast forward because it's, it's not very good. Well, of the of the movies all. that you've discussed lately with like war stuff in it, I think I'd rather watch Overlord. Yeah, Overlord was cool. Uh, so, then that brings us to your second movie, The, the Shape, Shape of Water. Of water. Yeah. Um, so, now I know Nick did review this a while back, uh, but I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give a little bit of a synopsis here. Sure. It's been a long time. Yeah. So there's a woman who happens to be mute, um, who works at a facility. Uh huh. <laughs> um, that is there for reasons. And yeah. yep. Michael Shannon, who's a 
general? <laughs> no, he's not. I, I, uh, he, agent? He's, he's just like a ex, like a, a super scientist or something. He, he does know. He's, he's I like don't, a, I don't. He's like think... a government. He's like a government representative. He he's he's obviously in charge. Yeah, he's of in charge of this facility. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he's yelling at scientists, one in particular, and reporting uh-huh. to yeah, right. what must be a general. Um, and, uh, yeah, so for some reason he has brought into this facility a fish man. Um, basically the creature from the black lagoon. Yeah. And they're like, let's get what we can from this creature so that we can have troops that can breathe underwater or something like that. Um, Yeah, and so this uh, lady who is mute um, befriends the fish monster, has sex with it, and <laughs> then then runs the guy runs tries to kill it. them, and then it ends. Yeah, there's the plot. Um, uh-huh. So here's uh, here's what I thought about this movie. Um, as is often the case for me with Del Toro, uh, it's really easy to watch with your eyeballs. Um, but this movie's a piece of shit. I don't know why people are making <laughs> such a big deal out of it. Cause I, I don't either. This, this movie was what people watch so that they can tell themselves they're smart because they like something that's artistic. And I fucking hate uh-huh. this crap. Because you know what? It, it, this movie actually felt like but what it and I keep wanting to say Benicio del Toro that's <laughs> not right Guillermo del Toro this this movie is what I would expect to happen if you took an M Night Shyamalan script and put Benicio del God damn it Guillermo del Toro <laughs> in the in the in the seat of the direction of design and and photography uh-huh. because the script is shit dialogue and it's very Shyamalan type shit dialogue. Um, there is something about it where like, it's, it's all supposed to be fantastical. And this is one of those things I was watching this with Karina and I was like, you know, this is the sort of thing where someone might say, yeah, well it's like that on purpose. And that doesn't yeah. matter. I'm like, it's maybe it is on purpose. You know, it is supposed to be fantastical. And so there is a sort of atmosphere that's kind of interesting. It does have sort of a, uh, a bit of a fairy tale feel to it, but it's yeah. still really bad. It's 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 bad. It's every decision that the people make in this movie is stupid. They decide that they need to to hold. So they steal this fish monster, and for whatever reason, assume that nobody's going to figure out that she has it in her apartment. Um, huh. And they're like, "Well, we got to get it to the ocean." Let's just wait until it rains enough to take it to the canal that goes right out to the ocean. <clears throat> you can see the ocean when they're standing at the canal. I'm like, just go to the ocean. You don't need to drop yeah. them in the canal. Drive to a spot where there aren't a bunch of people anyway that's not public and take this fish monster out and let it free. So there's that. Yeah. Um, they let it eat a cat. And then even once it eats a cat, they set it next to other cats and they're like, hey, you know, try not to eat those cats. But I'm like, what the hell? 
they fill an apartment with water. And I know this is supposed to be fantastical stuff, but they have stolen this thing that's supposed to be wanted by the, you know, the military and whatnot. And they're doing stuff that it just takes you out of the movie because it's, it's not fantastical. It's like, that's calling a lot of attention to the fact that you have this fish monster with you. The water, Uh because for some reason they live above a theater and the water is pouring down into the theater. Now, there are some things about it that are fantastical in the sense of like, okay, suspension of disbelief. The whole room fills with water in a matter of minutes. That's fine. I'll, I'll go ahead and let that happen. But there's water pouring out into the theater. There would be people addressing this. And they have someone yelling at a guy in the hallway, like the superintendent of the, the theater, the owner of the theater is like, hey, there's water pouring down here. But there's not like anyone coming to fix it. <laughs> um, right. And it just kind of happens. And he, this one guy opens the door and all the water pours out. And they're like, hey, we're done having sex now. And it's like, oh, well, the water just must have dried up after that, I guess. Uh, it's... Uh, God, it's so stupid. Um, and uh, this, the movie, uh, I, I will not at all. I, I don't have any problem at all with what I think are the themes in terms of like people who can connect with each other um, as sort of like outcasts in a way and, and being free to like, you know, love whoever you love, you know? I, yeah. I got no problem with that at all. I'm just like, do it well. And this movie does not. And it's one of the problems I have with this is she's supposed to be falling in love with this fish guy. And it's just not that it's just not selling me on it at all. Like, I'm like this fish. She's like, oh, yeah, the way he looks at me is is so like he really gets me. He really understands me. He sees me as a whole person. And then I'm like, I don't really remember her, him. Look, I don't remember the fish guy looking at her that way. And then like, minutes she later, doesn't, she doesn't see the fish guy look at anyone else to see if that's how he looks at everyone. Well, and then a few minutes later, I get to see how he looks at her and you know how he's looking like he's a fish. He's just, yeah. he's just staring around. He doesn't have expressive eyes or anything. He can blink, but that's yeah. it. And I'm like, this is not working. Like, this is not, I, I, I and I'm not a fan of um, Titanic. <laughs> but I'm like, uh-huh. I, I could go for some Titanic romance right now because this is just not doing it. Um, oh, gosh. And then, oh, and there were just lots of things that the movie did that didn't make sense. Like, for instance, when they first introduced this monster, the guy gets there and he's like making this big announcement like, yay, we have this giant, this, this creature that we found. It's a, it's a huge discovery. And then the woman looks in the tank and he's like, get these people out of here. And I'm like, cause it's a secret. You just literally announced it to all of them. Um, and then like the guy, when Michael Shannon gets his hand bitten in half by the monster, he uh-huh. walks out into the hallway where there's nobody instead of like staying in the room with the other people who might be able to help him. And then someone walks out into the hallway after him and they're like, Oh my God, this guy got injured. And I'm like, you just walked out of the room. He was just in where his hand got bitten off. So, uh, 
Let's see. <laughs> it just seemed like an exercise for Michael Shannon to yell at people for two hours. And the bad guys in this movie are just, they're so mustache twirling. Like, yeah, it's, there's, there's, there's even a guy who's just a dude who works at a pie shop and he's like, oh giving yeah. Him pie. And then he's like having this friendly conversation with uh, the main woman's friend who is gay. And then the gay guy like puts his hand on his hand and like, it's like, Hey, let's, let's hang out. And the guy gets super anti-gay and then two black people walk in and he starts yelling at them about how they need to get out. And I'm like, okay, so we're just going to have everyone be a caricature of hatred um, all the time, you know, like, like just yeah. like everybody's, oh, they're so, I don't know. It's not even like stock characters. It's worse. Um, yeah. And then like the, 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 the guy at the, in the restaurant yeah. who, um, uh, like who's the, the guy that is the, the gay guy. Is it Richard Jenkins? Is that his name? The actor? Remember? Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. Know. Richard Jenkins. Um, so like he, he's got this huge crush on the, the restaurant worker guy and he finally gets up the nerve cause he thinks that the restaurant guy's into him too. And so like he gets up the nerve to like make a move and the guy, the guy, uh, it's supposed to be the fifties and he's not gay and he reacts kind of like, uh, almost, I don't want to say it's acceptable, but like the way he reacts is like, Whoa, I'm not, you know, I'm not gay. You need to get out of here. You freak kind of a thing. And for the time period to like react to something like that, I'm like, I'm like, okay, so he's, so he's, he's not gay and he hates gay people. So he's he's a, he's a villain in the eyes of the movie. But then, like you said, immediately right after that, two black people come in who just want to eat. And he's like, we don't serve black people here. So you, you need to get out of here. So like the guy goes from being like a f- kind of a likable character to completely reprehensible in about three lines. And and then he's just gone from the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like, another thing. Like, he was just there to do that. Yeah, like it was just there so that he was just there so that the Richard Jenkins character could have anything to do besides have his cat get eaten. Well, you know, like he uh, he does some other things, but like it's well, even some of the stuff that like there's something with him, like a plot point that is an issue that I have with this movie, too, is like conflicts get resolved too quickly or people change their minds real quickly. So this guy, I guess his name's Richard Jenkins. Um, the woman asks him to help her like steal the fish man from his, uh, whatever this facility. And he's like, no, I'm not going to help you. And then two minutes later, after getting his artwork rejected, he comes back and he's like, you're all I've got. I've got to help you. Let's do this. Um, oh, I forgot that he was an artist. Like, doesn't doesn't he get promised like some fancy book deal, and then they they take it away from him? Yeah, he was something. He was gonna get something, and then they didn't buy his picture of Jello. Um, <laughs> and then uh, right. <laughs> yeah, and then um, there's this Russian guy or this guy who's working with the Russians. So we well, let's just call him Dennis Nedry. Oh, I forgot about the whole Russian thing. Yeah, we we've got Dennis Nedry here working with Russian Dachshund, 
to try to take the sample. Dotson. Yeah. We got Dotson. Yeah. And uh, he just, you know, you know, he sees her with the fish guy twice and is like, all right, cool. I'm helping them. And so that, you know, just it sort of resolves in a weird, convenient way. And then there are other moments where when she's finally, I, I guess, finally, there's not actually any romantic tension having built up. But they told me there was when she uh-huh. can finally have sex with the fish guy. She's like, no, I can't have sex with you. Oh, God. Because he like touches her shirt like he's going to unbutton her shirt. And she's like, no. And then literally five seconds later, she's like, okay, I'm going to go do the sex thing. Um, And it's Uh just not handled well. And this is the problem with this movie because this is it's not a super long movie, but it is two hours. And in two hours, nothing has actually happened like that that has engaged me at all this is what i was saying like i'm not getting into the romance i can't care about these characters because in spite of the fact that they've been on the screen two hours they haven't seemed fleshed out at all they don't seem like real people they seem like Shyamalan characters who have quirks there's one who gets angry there's one who can't talk there's one who's gay there's one who's a fish and like that's just it, it that's how this whole thing is handled and so, you know, it's just, uh, there's, there's nothing to it. Um, and when it comes to, well, hang on. When, when it comes to the main point of this thing too, this whole taboo part of like, she has sex with the fish. I honestly felt like that was the most comfortable part of this movie. Like it was the, the only part I actually enjoyed. I was like, okay, there's actually something human happening here, which is ironic. Cause it's with a fish guy, but like, it's it's the most I don't even want to say touching because it's not touching. It's just it's the only part of the movie that didn't annoy me was when they're actually like hooking up with each other. I'm like, cool, you know, enjoy yourselves. Uh-huh. The rest of this is is stupid. And it's and it really thinks it's not, and you know how that pisses me off. Uh-huh. So this fucking pretentious crap. And all it does is make me want to play Bioshock because like the whole setting looks like Bioshock. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah. And, and definitely some of this is like how Shyamalan like it is, but also that it got best picture of the year, you know, and I I don't, I don't put a lot of stock into the Academy Awards, but if you are going to say something's the best picture of the year, don't just do it because you're trying to seem smart or in this case, probably trying to seem, I don't know, tolerant or something. Like, uh, this is one of those movies that it's, it's like made in the style of a 1950s B movie. And, and that's, that's what the movie is. It's a, it's a B movie from the fifties, but made today. Um, and like, if you look at it from that point of view, I'm like, all right, it's, it's accomplished its goal. It's still not very good. It's, it's visually very good. It's visually Um, great. But this is like, Yeah. Um, but like, this is one of those movies that wins the best picture because it's like a, a nod to old Hollywood, you know, like Hollywood loves to, to compliment themselves on the way things used to be. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's what this movie, I think that's why this movie did so well, um, awards wise is that it's, it's like, Hey, this is another one of those, like the movie, the artist, like I liked the movie, the artist, I thought it was really good and really well done, but 
I didn't think I, I can't remember what else was out that year, but I didn't think it was the greatest movie I'd ever seen. I was like, this is just pretty good. It's, you know, like a fun, silent film. But like, I think it won Best Picture because it's a throwback to old Hollywood. Like, this is the way they used to do it. Isn't this exciting? Isn't this isn't this a grand look back at how things used to be? Mm. And just because you're one of, just because you're, you're that doesn't mean you're good. And at the end of it all, if when both of the main characters are supposed to be dying, I don't care at all. It hasn't done a good mm-hmm. job. You know, does just, she die? Is that the implication? Is that she died? No, they they live, but for a moment they're supposed to be dying. I actually went into she, this movie. She turns into a fish monster, right? Isn't yep, that the he idea? Touches the scars on her neck and they turn into gills. Um, right. And yeah, and I just and I couldn't care less. It's just, oh man. And I wanted to like this too. I was like, I I because I'm like this with the Del Toro movies, where I'm like, I want it to be good because. They look cool, and he's supposed to be a cool guy, um, but I, uh, ugh, no. Yeah. Well, and then with it being so gorgeously shot, there's also really nice music in it. I enjoyed the music. Uh-huh. Um, again, I just I wanted it to be good, and it it really uh, didn't do anything. It just for isn't, me. and yeah, and I kind of like you were saying before. Actually, um, I was saying this to Karina. Um, now you were saying that people could take a movie and just hack stuff out of it and then have it see com- seem complex. And I was like, if you right. take the plot of this movie and you don't put a fish guy in it, it's, it's nothing. So you could probably take any movie and be like, Hey, let's take one of these characters from this crappy script and make him a fish monster or something strange, some kind of alien or something. And then there's some sort of commentary that's being made and it seems like it's really saying something. And I'm like, yeah, but if you take that out of it, this, there's, this movie doesn't have much to offer. And if it were ugly, like, I don't care how, you know, old the people in the Academy are. If this movie weren't shot beautifully, people would just be like, what is this crap? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's my final word on that. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with with much of what you said. <sighs> so, check it out. Yeah. <laughs> um so so you watched that brings Captain us to Marvel. The last movie, but before we get to Captain Marvel, I've got a quick preview corner brought to you by the Big Ticket. Um so I'm just going to fly through these because you you covered most of them. Um, but I saw the trailer for Shazam. Uh-huh. I, I, I feel like I'm the only person in the world who is excited for this movie. I think it, I think it looks great. I think it looks fantastic. I can't wait for it. Shazam looks like it's going to be like a tongue in cheek. <laughs> Aquaman. I just hoped was good. <laughs> this movie I think is going to be good. Um, it just looks silly, which is what DC needs to do is make just like a fun, silly movie. So that's that. Batman Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> uh, Hobbs and Shaw, where Fast and the Furious, they finally turned them into real life superheroes. Yeah. So, um, I'd like to see that. Um, I finally saw a trailer for Ugly Dolls. And um, that looks terrible. Oh, yeah. Um, it looks like it's got nothing to but, offer. 
I think I think one of the reasons is that the ugly dolls aren't ugly. They just they just look like handmade felt characters. Oh yeah, they're, they're not ugly. They're just kind of they look not very fine. detailed. Yeah, I'm like, what's wrong with these dolls? These these dolls are fine. Uh, Late Night, which is uh, I'm not sure if you've mentioned that movie. Have you I've with Emma Thompson and uh, so Late Night looks like it star well, it stars Emma Thompson as like a uh the, the host of the Tonight Show or something, and Mindy Kaling comes on as a a new writer on the show to bring life into the show, and uh, and so. And that's basically the the plot is that Emma Thompson is like this old lady who who runs the Tonight Show, but she doesn't she doesn't her ratings are dropping, so they've got to bring her ratings up. And then that's the movie. It looks kind of interesting. I'll, I'll probably watch it when it's on video. I like Emma Thompson. I do too. Um, and I don't have anything against Mindy Kaling. I don't know who that is. So. Uh, she was Kelly on The Office. No. Nah. Uh, all right. Uh, then I saw a trailer for for Rocket Man, which uh-huh. is a trailer I hadn't seen before, and that looks interesting. Um, Did you? The guy from Kingsman is the is playing Elton John. He, he looks spot on in the role. That's what I was going to ask you if you realized it was him, because I just found that out yeah. the other day. Uh, that guy and the the guy who um, who played Kickass, Aaron Taylor Johnson, or whatever his name is, yeah. Um, these two guys, they, they really disappear into their roles. Like, like they don't look like the same guy movie to movie, which is, uh, like, I like both of those guys as far as acting. Uh, then I saw a trailer for that movie long shot, which you had talked about with, uh, Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. Yeah. And I, I like it. I kind of want to see it. It looks like a fun Seth Rogen kind of movie. And I like most of the Seth Rogen stuff. So. It's up my alley. Uh, trailer for Frozen Two, and I'm gonna stick to my guns and say that the second that the secret the secret of that movie is that the Anna character has firepower. So we'll see if I'm right about that. Then I saw a trailer for Dumbo that I hadn't seen before. Did it have and, the um, nine thousand drums, like the action music sound? Uh, I don't remember, but this one had like kids giving Dumbo a magic feather. Uh-huh. And then like some lady flying on Dumbo's back and I'm like, oh, wow, they're really going away from the, the plot of the, the original Disney movie. Well, wasn't that part of the uh, plot though, that he had a magic feather that could help him fly? That's like, that's like the end of the movie is when he flies, like the end of the movie is when he flies. But no. And in this movie, it seems like that's what he does the whole time. Yeah. I've never seen Dumbo, so I can't really argue with you, but I, I <laughs> thought the story was that like. He could fly when he had the feather, and then at the end of the movie, he realizes his ability to fly was in him the whole time, and he didn't actually need the feather. Uh, well, now I don't remember. <laughs> like, what you said sounds correct. Yeah, and then, and then there's the scene where he's flying around with the woman on his back, and he starts breathing fire like a dragon. You remember that, Nick. Come on. <laughs> um, so, so those were all the trailers. Then there were some commercials. Uh, one for the Cinemark Movie Club, which I guess is like Movie Pass. Yeah. Um, but it was it was obnoxious. It was like some couple on a date. And it's just and nowhere then, near uh, as fun as the Carmike things that we used to see. So Carmike across America. Right. So this episode Wee! is going to be a little long because because uh, listeners, you need a little story here. So Nick uh, and I, we used to go to the movie theater 
a lot. I mean, it's Delaware and we're kids. What else can you do? And, and neither of us were into like drugs or anything. So we just went to the theater and we got so used to the, the introduction movie, the like clips and whatnot that, and I'm pretty sure we made this decision together without speaking <laughs> that one yeah. time. So there'd be this, this, advertisement for Carmike, you know, and you're like flying around in space and whatnot. And then they go, well, like Nick just did it where they're like, Carmike across America. And then there's this guitar. So there's like, and um, Nick and I just started wilding out. Like we were playing air guitars uh, (laughs) when that happened one time. And then every time after that, no matter how many people were in the theater, uh yeah. yeah. So it was good times. And uh we did that so many times. <laughs> and I and I can guarantee that if I if I were to hear that clip, I my body would start <laughs> going into air guitar mode without even thinking about it. Yeah, I gotta try it. That's gotta be on YouTube somewhere. <laughs> um so uh so there was that commercial and then uh finally the coke commercial that i got to see was the uh i hope i don't sit in nacho cheese where they they jump from character to character so um i I caught the tail end of one of your because i can diet coke commercials was it the one where Um, the woman's so mad at neil the office guy yeah yes it was screw you neil yeah yeah I was like, oh, I wish I had caught the whole thing because it was like before the trailer starts. So I don't know if that counts as part of preview corner. It was just like the commercials there. They just show at the movies now. Oh, well, the angry lady with the giant can was usually before the actual previews, like right before it. Oh, okay. Oh, then I missed it. It it was like it was like during Juliana Margulies or or whatever the the lady who like does the before the movie movie show. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that was preview corner. Um, Captain Marvel, uh, directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck starring Brie Lawson and Samuel L. Jackson. Larson. Um, I gotta say, uh, I completely agree with you from last week. It's pretty okay. Um, there's, there's really not much for me to add, um, as far as, overall um i feel like the end of the movie is kind of a mess um and i didn't care for any of the cat stuff i didn't like it at all like it did not it didn't work for me and um especially like the the nick fury being like "Ooh, who's a little good little kitty cat who's a good little kitty didn't it 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 was a little forced anything didn't do anything for me like i know it was out of character for him and and like that that's the joke but i'm like it's not working for me. No. Um, but I know it was working for some people in the theater because they were cracking up. Like, I didn't hate it, but I was like, this is like the jokes in Deadpool or the jokes in Ant-Man that fell flat for me where you're like, oh, this is what it's like when it doesn't work. <laughs> um, yeah. I did like I did like the the mystery of the movie where you're like trying to figure out who she is. Yeah or she's trying to figure out who she is and stuff. And like, that was, that was kind of cool until, until it's just like, all right, now you know everything. Oh, my memory's back. Great. 
like like the when the third act takes off and like that's she's she goes to the little girl and she's like can you help me redo my costume that's fucking insane and the the little girl's like yeah i know zeke technology or whatever that's called (laughs) sure yeah she redesigns it she like knows how to like with her like i I use photoshop yeah i use photoshop and going into like altering colors for anything is terrifying to me and she knows how to adjust the color scheme on this uniform first off why does this uniform have this ability right (laughs) and and two how does this girl learn how to do it in three seconds to the point where she's like i want the centerpiece to be gold and but this part to be blue and then this part to be red but not this part. This part will be like she just she just swirls her fingers around it, and it's like, all right, got my new costume. The end. Like she has and been like, doing it for years. Yeah, she's like, I can't wear these colors anymore, but I'm gonna keep the suit because it's really convenient. Oh, that's another thing is uh, the the suit like lets her go like breathe underwater and breathe in space. Yeah, but like during the climax of the movie where she's mohawk. blowing. Where, uh, I think that looks pretty cool. I was like, that's kind of neat. Um, but like in the climax of the movie where she's flying through space, she doesn't have the mask on. And I'm like, why doesn't she have the mask on? She, she, she can't breathe in space. Can she? Because at other points she does have the mask on. And, uh, so that's just like a little, little hole that I, that I didn't care for. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then, um, I couldn't tell if they had the same actor playing Ronan the Accuser uh, as they did from the Guardians movie. So uh, I need to look that up, uh, which is, you know, research I should have done before the show. Um, but uh, the you said you didn't care for Annette Benning. No. Is that right? No. Uh, I thought I thought that she was OK, but a waste. Like I, I, like I didn't mind that Annette Benning was in the movie, but like I was, but I thought this is a waste of a character. Like it feels like that they're, they cut out a lot from this movie. Uh-huh. Like this movie feels like pretty chopped up and there's like a longer cut that features a lot more Annette Benning, so that her character actually matters. Yeah. You can feel editing all over the movie. Yeah. And it's not bad. It's not a bad movie. It's not great. Um, but, uh, I liked it. Uh, and when I left the theater, I was like, "Yeah, it's pretty okay." It thinks it's better than it is. Yeah. Well, I've got I've um, got a couple questions for you. Oh, please. So first, um, what like uh, by the end of the movie, how much do you feel like you actually have a sense of Captain Marvel's actual character, like who she is? Not just in terms of having solved where she came from or anything, but like really like mm-hmm. having a feel for her. Well, I mean, like everything you know about her character, you get in the first three minutes of the movie when she's like like joking around with Jude Law. She's kind of a smart ass and she's cocky. And then like she doesn't really develop from there from there. Right. She's just like a cocky smart ass. And then like as she learns her past or or as she learns her past and learns that like the last 6 years of her life have been a lie she's just kind of like oh neat all right i guess my personality is the same yeah all right next question yeah uh-huh how'd you feel about the action 
the action I thought was pretty good. Um, it was it was fun to watch. Um, I don't like uh, I don't like how powerful they made her. Like, like, especially at the end when she takes off, like the restrictor plate that's on the back of her head that I guess she never noticed was there. Um, like when she takes that off and she's like, Oh, I've been fighting with one hand behind my back. I'm like, bullshit. The the way you start fighting, it's like you had your legs and arms behind your back. Like you start destroying everything. And I know like they make her super powerful so that in the next Avengers movie that it's not like a surprise that she's able to fight Thanos yeah, or, or whatever. But like she gets over powerful way too quick. Like there's no real buildup. Like she goes from being able to shoot fireballs to being able to explode at a giant spaceship without breaking a sweat. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I didn't, I didn't like how, how quickly and how powerful they made her like you can make her that powerful but like let's build up to it it's kind of like in in man of steel where like it takes him like three quarters of the movie to learn how to fly yeah and then and then all of a sudden he's the best at flying yeah well i mean and then like zod learned how to do it all in like 30 seconds yeah exactly like they do the like there's there's a little bit of that and um but like as far as like the action sequences went i thought they were pretty good like i like that train sequence um the there were a couple sequences earlier in the movie that felt at least for me felt like they were better than anything that came in the second half like what well like when she's on the ship and she's she's got those things locked to her hands and she's just like fine i guess i'll beat guys up with these things stuck to me oh yeah and like that was cool one guy growls at her and she growls back at him that was kind of funny yeah um yeah i I like that yeah yeah i thought brie larson was great um i i find her as an actress though to be fairly forgettable like I, mm-hmm. uh, like I think she's a beautiful girl and she's a talented actress. But like I saw, did you see the new Avengers trailer that came out yesterday? No. Um, she's in it, and I, and like the end of the trailer, she she shows up and Thor Thor and her have an exchange, and I was like, who's this lady? Oh. And I'm like, oh right, it's that <laughs> girl whose face I can't remember. Well, I was just gonna ask if Thor, because I couldn't remember whether or not Thor lived through the Thanos snap. Um, so yeah, between the two of them, the other characters just shouldn't really matter. Right. Well, you got black widow who they show her in the new trailer and she's just got like a nine millimeter pistol. (laughs) Yeah. Watch out (laughs) for that. Like that's her superpower. She's going to go take on Thanos again. Um, but, um, the, the new Avengers movie looks pretty good. I'm excited about that. Um, but as far as like Captain, oh, did you have any other questions? Um, yeah, you know what? I did have one more. Ah, oh, shoot, something about stuff earlier on in the movie. But I, I, you know, I guess I don't quite remember what it was right now. So go ahead. One thing that I liked is that they never really say Jude Law's name until later in the movie. Uh-huh. And um, so, like, as you're aware, I've been reading Marvel comics from like 1961 onward. And uh, I just recently reached January of 1976 and uh, Captain Marvel has been around for a while. And Captain Marvel was originally a guy um, named Marvell. He's basically the Annette Benning character. Um, yeah. And uh, when the show f- or when the comic first starts, he like works for like a Cree 
you know, like mission to earth. And uh, the main antagonist is a guy named Jan Rog, which is the Jude Law character. And I was like, oh, good. They didn't tell me his name for most of the movie, which didn't spoil that he was the bad guy or that, that he was uh, responsible for everything that happened to her. Yeah. So I was like, well, that was a, that was a cool way to um, hide a reveal. Yeah. Just I, by I not think saying they were wanting to, to have you think that he might be Marvell. Yeah. I, I kind of liked, um, like, I I didn't think that this movie really had all that much to say about, like, women empowerment, other than that oh, women yeah, are that's, in it. Oh, yeah, that's... Um, yeah. And, but I did like, when, when it finally came to for the two of them to square off, and he's like... Yeah, you know, now you can go ahead and fight me fist to fist. And she's like, you know, I'm just going to blast the fuck out of you. I don't care. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's that perfect. Was, that was a good moment. I was like, that was great. Yeah. Um, uh, th- th- But as far as the women thing, um, I spent most of the movie not concerned that the protagonist of the story was a woman. Like, I, yeah. was, I, I don't care. Uh-huh. But the movie, the movie kept making me, it kept trying to make me care. Like, hey, this is a girl doing this and i'm like i'm like yeah okay i don't care well i don't care that it's a girl she's still the hero of the movie you don't have to keep like they do that one sequence where the no doubt just a girl song comes on and i'm like uh, this is really heavy-handed like yeah like like when iron man starts fighting somebody they don't start playing limp biscuit in the back i I couldn't i couldn't think of uh i couldn't think of a song where a guy's talking or are there any songs about guys talking about how great it is to be a guy? I can't think of one. I mean, there is the Black Sabbath song, Iron Man. Yeah. That would have been. They play the that notes. in the credits of one of the movies. But like like in a guy movie, they don't play, like they don't take the, the time out to, to say, hey, this is a guy doing this. Like in this movie, there's like two or three moments where <laughs> but, the soundtrack is not But I says, think, Nick, I think part of, the, part of that too is that they don't have to because every movie is about guys doing stuff <laughs> like James Bond. Yeah, I guess. Seducing like, I mean, or practically raping women and stuff like that. It's, it's, sort, <laughs> of, it's sort of built in. You, you kind of don't need to say it um i guess but i think like what the what I, what the movie wants me to 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 do is to treat women as equals which is what i was already doing i was like all right this girl's in a, just girl's gonna be an avenger she's on equal footing with samuel l jackson like she's giving him as well as he's dishing out you know and like like at no point did i consider her to be a second class citizen because she was a girl or anything like that well, I, which which I think says a lot about me and my progressive viewpoints. But uh, <laughs> I, I do think that there's something to be said for um, women being strong and and being uh, effective characters in movies, and um, not necessarily needing to point it out in any artificial ways, um, mm-hmm. and having that be its own kind of progressive commentary. Um, and I could see there being movies that are specifically about that too. This movie for me just kind of felt like it didn't know whether it was about that or not. Like the movie itself is pretty fine and, and it, it, and it, I mean, it's pretty solid just as her doing her thing. And then those moments where they are like the guy being like, this is why they call it a cockpit. And then yeah. the, 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 especially the no doubt moment. I was like, I feel like, 
the movie's not necessarily trying to ham hand this, but the producers are like some like it's almost like someone just grabbed the wheel for a moment and was like, yeah, let's throw in this woman thing. That's like, let's yeah, let's say that there's like a, a asshole guy. Um, and and I don't know, I, I it just it seemed a little that thread of the movie seemed pretty erratic to me, but I did really yeah. like it. And I thought it was actually a genuine, meaningful moment. And and the rest of the movie just didn't live up to it when it was touching on gender themes. But when she blasts Jude Law while he's in the middle of trying to like mansplain to her th- what the moment is, like th- I thought that was really good. Uh huh. It, it was definitely yeah, the highlight of any of the gender politics stuff. Yeah. Um, I also like that there was no love interest. Mm-hmm. Like there's no romantic subplot. Like the most, the closest you got to any kind of romantic subplot is her relationship with her friend, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. the other pilot. And, uh, and I th- honestly, I think the only reason that they have that character have a daughter is to make it seem like she's not gay. I think like they're, they're, I feel like that was the subliminal thing to it is that um, these two women are, are really close, but they're not gay. They're not gay. See this, this lady has a daughter, so she must, she must have a man somewhere, but they're not gay. It's, it's cool. Middle America. They're, they're not gay. And uh, I thought that was a little obnoxious. See, I actually, I, I, before something was said one way or another to establish otherwise, I thought they might've been co-parenting. Oh, yeah. Like there was a while where I was like, oh, I think they might be a lesbian couple. And and then I don't know what was said at what point later, but it it became clear that like, oh, no, this is a platonic friendship. And I was like, oh, okay, guess not. Yeah. Um, And uh, and and if they were, if it did end up being something like that. Yeah. Like they I'm like, I don't care. I still don't care. You know, it it would have given me some more reason to feel like when she's leaving something's been connected to more than that. They spent a couple days together because captain Marvel's like, yeah. I'm sad to leave. And I'm like, are you, I understand you? You why your friend here. would yeah. be sad. Cause she's been missing you for six years, but right. are you really that sad? Yeah. And, um, also that scroll got the scroll science guy is able to turn that Harrier jet into like an inner planetary spaceship in three hours but these people can't seem to escape the Kree. well like, i mean the technology's kind of uh erratic too i mean she does call space from a payphone yeah <laughs> well she she went to radio shack right yeah yeah she got a talk All boy right. hooked it to a payphone call space uh all right that's all i got to say about captain marvel i think it it was good it wasn't great it definitely wasn't bad it's well it's really well made and uh well performed but uh i got issues with it i'll be i'll be curious to check in with you again in like a week or so and see if your opinion of it has changed at all because i feel like i like it even though i'm making fun of it pretty hard i I like it more Um, the further i get from it okay yeah we'll, we'll we'll check in with captain marvel corner next week um, so then that brings us to, remember when we said this was going to be a short episode, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that brings us, that brings us to our movie ranking list for the week. Oh, crap. If you're unfamiliar, 
Um, we are ranking the movies we've seen over the past year, uh, and uh, they've got to go on the list somewhere, and they can only be better or worse than other movies. And once it's on the list, it gets locked into that spot. So, Matt, where would you put your kidnap movie? Um, <laughs> let, let me see here. Um, the abducted in plain sight should go. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm, I've started from the bottom cause I was putting uh spoiler alert. <laughs> I was putting the shape of water in place. Um, <laughs> I am going to put abducted in plain sight between dragons three and bird box. Oh, okay. Actually, you know what? No, it was better than that. Um, I'm going to put it above Dragons 3. Above Dragons yeah. 3, but below Harry Potter 2. Yep. And how many stars would you give it? Oh, um, I would give that... Let's say... Let's go with um, three stars. Three stars. And then here's a new question that I'm going to ask because it's one of the things on, on our letterboxed page that they, they want to know as we review the movies. Did you like it? Um, really, that's a weird would question. You, would you click? Movie. Would you, would would I you put click thumbs up? the heart? I, There's like a heart button you can click where you can like a movie. Yeah. And would you click like? I, I Yeah, sure. I would do a thumbs up on it. All right. And then... The Shape of Water. Yeah. That's going to go in between Glass and Trilogy of Terror. Glass. Worse than Glass, but better than Trilogy of Terror in the new 36 spot. Yep. Oh, and it and it's Lord. getting two stars, and those are all for how it looked. <laughs> and the negatives are for how bad it is or whatever, and in comparison to how great it thinks it is. You said two stars, and I'm going to say Thumbs down. you did not like this movie. <laughs> no. All right. Now we come to me, and the movies that I talked about were Solo, A Star Wars Story, Blech. and that is going to go above Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. <laughs> I'm going to give this movie... Oh, I feel like I already ranked it. I'm going to give it one and a half stars. Mm -hmm. And I am, I do not like this movie. I do not like it. So it gets a big N. What would you say? And then I watched the, the star and a half, the star and a half. Uh, yeah. It's really nice to look at. I do like the guy who plays Han Solo. I, I think he does good. Uh, Woody Harrelson, I think does a good job in the movie, even though like I can't, Every time I see Woody Harrelson, I'm like, I don't want to talk to you. Like, I, like, but I'm always, but like Go by away. the end, I'm like, yeah, like I don't have anything against him. I just find him uh, off putting, but like every time he's in a movie and I, I'm like, oh, you know what? He wasn't so bad. So in this movie, he's not bad, especially with what he's given to work with. It just feels like in every movie he's in, he's he's gonna he says I got a job lined up <laughs> with some criminal. Like I feel like that's everything that he does. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, cool visuals, half decent story. I'll tell you one thing though is that when it gets to the Darth Maul thing at the end of Solo, yeah, because I for I forgot that Darth Maul is a still alive. 
um, it's it's almost a shame that this movie did so poorly that they're they're not going to follow it up. <laughs> We're not going to get any kind of closure on the the Darth Maul storyline. I bet. So uh, that'll be interesting to 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 dream about. I guess because I hate the Darth Maul character, and then when he showed up still alive, I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" Have they kind of um, canceled the idea of doing spinoff movies? Uh, they put everything on hold, I think, to see what happens after episode nine comes out this year. Gotcha. Um, and then what was the other tank four, three, two, I'm going to put that above Mrs. Claus in the new number 39 <laughs> spot. Bless you. Thank you. Tank four, three, two. And I'm going to give that one star. And I did not like it. <laughs> uh, and then. Captain Marvel, I'm going to put, I'm going to put that, ooh, let's see, above Bumblebee in the new number 17 spot. B- above Bumblebee, but below Mission Impossible 6 Fallout. Huh. And I did like it, so I would click like. Oh, I get to say stars. That's the wrong button. Uh, and I would give this movie two and a half stars. Maybe three. Yeah. Three stars. I, I'd give I, it, I, I said it I'd at give two it, and a half, but I'd bump it up to three. Uh, yeah. I'd give it three stars and I did like it. And um, yeah, maybe you're right. Like maybe with some time behind it, I'll, uh, I'll like it a little bit more than I did. Um, the movie definitely wanted me to like it more than I did. Like, uh, but she got way too powerful, way too quick. That really bothered me. Um, all right, Matt. This show is now longer than last week's show, <laughs> which is insane. Um, anything to plug? Nope. All right. Uh, check out thisweekinfilm.com find out, to find out anything you want to know about the show. Um, but I guess if that's the end of the reel, we'll see you next week in film. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.